Hello fellow lolsters. This is LOL, the love of literature with me, she and Jay. Welcome to the next episode. Hello um listeners of love of literature. Today we have Lata on our uh, podcast and uh, we are happy to like i was telling her even when before we started the session her uh, short bio stood out uh, for me at least as a person who believes that humanity is all about literature or literature is about humanity i think and uh, uh, over to danya to uh, give a formal introduction danya <laughs> Uh, Ms. Lata is a narrator of human experiences and spends time pondering the how and why of relationships. She has uh, X-ray vision into human psyche and uh, deduces more than what meets the eye and is usually wrong. She is wary of people and is highly impressed with Noah for uh, allowing only animals on his ark. And uh, she has authored two books, Incognito and Prisoners of Secrets. Her third book is uh, slated for uh, late 2021 release and she has been a corporate trainer for over two decades and specializing in uh, in leadership through emotional intelligence she has done considerable and pioneering work with women in in, in this particular context and uh, we welcome you ms lata we very happy to have you on our podcast I think Thank I'll you so start much. with shooting my first question. Like Ms. Sure. Uh, Jayanti said, it's it's like a reading your bio itself felt like a judicial mix of humanity and you know authorship. Uh, usually, when I read a bio, it will be more of a, uh, like their uh, professional achievements, and then it will talk about philanthropy or what they have done. But um, it feels like your bio depicts you as a person who is using literature. as a medium for you to understand the female i mean uh, the human psyche so how do you think you go about it uh, are you by nature an empath and has that helped or do you consciously you know uh, read people or uh, try to understand people to uh, make them into characters in your book sure thank you so much first of all for inviting me for having me on this platform i am really very appreciative of this gesture Well, to answer your question, I think stories are there everywhere around us because people are there around us, you know. And when I say people, I mean all kinds of relationships, you know, not just the love angle to a relationship, but every kind of relationship, be it a mother with her child, or uh, your relationship with a pet, or just two friends, or sometimes even relationships that we build around inanimate objects. uh this is particularly of interest to me because my forthcoming book is typically addressing this particular love between a, a woman and an inanimate object okay yeah so uh it's all about relationships and i find relationships so intriguing simple questions is what gets people together or what what builds that relationship and uh are relationships working towards a validity date like you have medicines and an expiry date so i believe that every relationship too has some kind of a validity period you know then i'm very intrigued as to what happens after that so does a relationship just disappear into thin air or are there traces 
which we carry on as memories or which come back to haunt us. So the haunting aspect of the relationship is what my second book, Prisoners of Secrets, is addressing there, you know, that we all, uh, every relationship has a secret somewhere hidden. And uh, what gives strength to that relationship? Is it confessing the secret or is it actually the silence behind the secret that lends the strength to the relationship? So for me, relationships are, are uh, I mean, limitless. You can explore relationships from whichever angle and you'd realize that it is limitless, you know. So I think for me, relationships become the muse for my writing and all my stories in some way or the other is exploring the web of these human relationships. Mm, interesting, interesting. And uh, in the same context, let's see what uh, were your relationships with uh, publishers. Uh, tell me, tell us about your first manuscript, uh, how uh, it went forward to reach the publisher. And how was it to hold the first print in your hand, your own book? And, uh, and tell us also about the second and the forthcoming uh, third, only the publishing part. How it, how you, and how was it the relationship with the publisher and yourself? Yeah. Right. So I'll also have to go down memory lane now because it's yes. something, especially the first experience is always the lasting experience, isn't it? And you also learn from there. Well, as any other aspiring author, I raced to finish my manuscript. I kept to the word count of a standard novel, which is around 65,000, between 65 and 70,000 words. I did all of that. And then I thought, now that's it. My part is done. And I mean, the easiest <laughs> thing is done now. Okay, so now the world is waiting to grab a copy of my book. And, I, yeah. and then reality struck, you know, yes. so many proposals going out. I mean, I made it a task that every day I would send out at least two proposals. I mean, proposals to two publishing houses. I know. And then months elapsed, you don't hear back from them. There was one letter, one email which came to me that said, you know, okay, we regret, we like the work, we regret that it does not fit into our scheme of things for this particular year. Now that left me wondering that, do they mean that they're going to use it the next year? <laughs> and then I realized that optimism, you know, so uh, I mean, you've got to read between the lines, you're dealing with publishers. So there's a lot of reading between the lines. So when they say this does not fit into our scheme for this year, it, it means, means forever. No. It means it's forever. forever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And there's no way you can go back to them. And then out of the blue, I heard from a leading publishing house that said, uh, we are interested. Can you send us the entire printed manuscript? So I went ahead and got about, got this 250 pages printed. Then I couriered the whole thing to them. And then there was dead silence. <laughs> I haven't heard from them. So that was the second raising of my hope when they said we want the printed copy. Because, you know, you've talked to your friends in the fraternity and they said, oh, that's a great sign when a publisher hey, yes, asks for a printed copy. <laughs> And I realized there is, you can't take anything for granted here. <laughs> Every individual experience opens up another Pandora's box. And so the waiting, waiting, waiting happened. And then finally, finally, almost a year to writing the book, I received a very positive email from this publisher. And they said, uh, we would like you to mail us 
a little bit more, you know, a few more chapters. I had sent them a, a couple of sample chapters along with my pitch. And they said we would like to read a few more chapters, preferably the chapters preceding the ones that you've give, sent us. Mm. So I did that. And then from then on, it was just a race forward because they really That's liked good. it. Yes. And then finally, my baby reached my hand. When was okay, this, Lata? This, uh, which this was, was the... in 2013. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 2013. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, I mean, uh, so uh, there is a lot of apprehension, Genti, extreme apprehension. I know. Uh, yeah, because it's like, you know, your baby is now out there. You've abandoned your baby and more than abandoned, you've let go. And there are people who are going to now pounce on your baby and say, look, this baby is defective. This baby's nose is not okay. This baby's skin is not okay. The baby has less hair. And you want to kill all of them and say, look, this is my baby. It took so long for me to deliver this. You can't say this to my baby. But then my publisher, who also was a philosopher of sorts, he sat me down and he said, look, You've let go now. Let it be okay. <laughs> take, everything in you, take everything in your stride, it's only going to make you a better writer. Okay, fortunately for me, fortunately for me, the brickbats were far less, and the bouquets were far more for my first book, and that was a very, very encouraging sign for me. And that is when I said, I'm going to go on to this. I had always wanted to be a writer, okay, but then anyway, we'll come to that a little later. But talking this, about publishing. Sorry to interrupt. Was this uh, traditionally published and who was the publisher, please? Yes. Yeah. The first one was published by Lead Start. Okay. It was a hybrid model. Mm -hmm. It was a hybrid model of publishing wherein okay. I, I, I was asked to pay up for the printing process, yes. the printing, the cover design and okay. all of that. Mm -hmm. But I must say that in return, they provided me 100% support in marketing. Oh. Okay. I had multi-city launches, which they organized for me. That's good. Okay. That's so, good. I mean, it, it was it was a very, very collaborative effort. It was very good. Hmm. But uh, very honestly speaking, it kept ranking me that I have still paid a bit for it. Hmm. And uh, somewhere it was jarring with my value system that, you know, as a writer, <laughs> I have done my part. I've burnt literally the, the, if I may use a cliche, the midnight oil. Mm -hmm. And I have sat, done my research, and I have worked so hard. Why should I be paying for it to get to the world, you know? Uh, so anyway, it took me another eight years to start my second book because okay. a lot happened in between, you know? Okay. I was very much in the corporate world and I was, I was contributing to various periodicals and magazines and all of that. But at the back of the mind, it, there was always this thought that I want to be a full-fledged writer of novels. Mm. Uh, I've always been lured to fiction, you know, mm. so uh, I always want to write fiction. And then in 2018, I sat down to write my second book. Mm. And this time I played it a little smartly. You see, you learn, you know, life yeah. experiences. <laughs> so mm. I said, I want the whole angst and the agony and the apprehension of who will publish my work mm -hmm. to go away. And I want to focus only on writing. So I spent a month scouting mm. for a literary agent. Okay. Who would like my genre of writing? Who would like my writing style? Mm. And I found one. I was very fortunate to find one. Mm. And 
and I work with her now so closely. And uh, I mean, we are a we are a pair. We are a solid pair to reckon with right now. And, Honor uh, us so with the name, please. Yes, of course. Her name is Lalita Ravindran, okay. and she runs this agency called First Four A's. Okay. Yes, and okay. Um, I I came upon her accidentally. Mm -hmm. But what an accident, my God. <laughs> if such accidents can happen in life, I love them. <laughs> yes. What's her so, name? Sorry. Uh, Lalita, Lalita Ravindran. Ravindran. Okay. Yes. yes. So, uh, so and, and that's how, I mean, uh, she, and there was one dictum that she gave me, you know, it, it, it was literally a, a very coldly delivered sentence. And she said, Lata. You're, you are a writer. Your job is to write. So just do that. My job as an agent is to see that you get published. Leave it to me, she said. That's it. Oh, so her what a relief. What a relief. What a relief. And that's how Prisoners of Secrets was born okay. and delivered to the world. Okay. Delivered without any anxiety. No agony about this delivery at all. It was a painless delivery, if I may so, say so. So, so your first was a uh, short story collection or was it? No, no. no I have not written short stories yet. No, no, your first uh, book? Yeah, first book was also a full-fledged story. Mm, okay. it, it is no, in the genre of a psychological thriller. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, uh, as we have already spoken about your publishing journey, of your first book and the anxiety behind it. How did it feel for you to hold your printed copy of the first book, you know, the first copy? How did it feel for you? 2013. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it felt, it felt very, very good. However, I don't want to be over dramatic and say that it was like I was on cloud nine or I was on this. See, I, I'm again going to draw a parallel between delivering a human baby and delivering this book. I had heard a lot of stories, you know, about delivery when you deliver your child and they say you are ecstatic when the child is born and when the nurse hands it over. To be very honest, it was only a, I felt the utmost relief when I held my baby that, okay, nine months <laughs> over. Now I can lie on my stomach. That was my biggest I can lie thing, on you know? my stomach. Oh my that's God. The favorite, that's the way I would sleep, you know. And nine months, I just couldn't do that. So first, the first sentiment was of huge relief. And I must say that's the same that I felt with the book because it had been a long and tedious journey. There was a lot of impatience. And because of impatience, there was a lot of frustration that was building up around the book. And then I held the book in my hand and it, it for a moment, it felt surreal. <laughs> and then as I flipped through the pages, I said, so there you go, Lata. This is it. You know, mm. the labor of love, as we say, it is there. But uh, I don't know how other authors feel about it. But immediately there is also this anxiety that now, oh, it's going out into the world. <laughs> you know, it's, it's open and naked to examination kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that so, was the so, feeling. So, uh, seven to eight years later, his second book comes, and it it is um, uh, as you said, it came out smoothly, smooth delivery and all. Now, tell us uh, how you saw the second book in hand because first book you were uh, seven years ago, and that is a different experience. Yeah. How was this? Of course, you had a you know foster mother to it 
the literary agent, yeah. Lalita Ravindra. Yeah. So you tell us how you felt in this uh, phase. Okay, this was, I would say for me, a more significant um, moment for me, you know, in this very short journey as a writer. There are several reasons for this is because um, this book came out after certain personal exigencies that I went through, you know, uh, writing this was interrupted by several there were medical conditions at home. And uh, there was a lot of anxiety that I went through. And uh, once everything got sorted, that's when I resumed writing the book and finishing it. So it meant a lot more for me because it, it kind of brought me back, it brought back my life on track. Mm. you know this whole uh, adventure of writing this book mm. so i had attached a lot lot more significance to mm. this particular uh, product in my hand now the other thing was uh, the book cover it's a very uh, attention grabbing painting mm. so and this is this is a knife palette painting by a very good friend of mine who I met as a client in one of my leadership workshops that I was facilitating and she was a participant and that bond also grew. And I Ooh. somewhere, yes. And I somewhere kept that in my mind that when I write this book, I want Kasturi to be designing it and Kasturi Borkotoki, uh, she is from Assam. She is the one who did this for me. And anybody who has seen this book says, now we must judge books by their cover. <laughs> you know, it's like rewriting the whole magazine uh, all over again. And it is so true. So uh, my involvement in the journey of producing this book was 100%. So everything about the book was a collaborative effort. And uh, I think that's why it, it holds more significance for me. Mm -hmm. And more so because it comes after certain, uh, uh, some very huge struggles in life. Mm -hmm. So... That's so that's how that. long did you take for the actual writing, rewriting and editing? And uh, who did the editing part? Uh, did uh, the literary agent also collaborate with another editor for you? Or did you go uh, hunting for our editor? You tell us about that because our, uh, you know, aspiring uh, writers, authors will really benefit from what you sure. went through, no? Mm. Sure, sure. So uh, the entire writing process, that is right from conceiving the idea to structuring it, and then the first draft, which is the toughest thing to do. And uh, then, of course, rewriting it and editing down, editing up, all of that, I think, took me close to one year. You know, so because uh, if you if you recall, I I was traveling another profession at that time too. You know, so I was also traveling on my work schedules, and uh, I remember after a long and tedious workshop, standing for eight hours and delivering a talk, I would come back to my hotel room and pick up from where I left the story oh and start writing you know, to unwind. Oh, amazing, again. amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, so yes, it took me that long. And as far as editing is concerned, Jayanti and Dhania, I come from a background of journalism, active journalism. I was a reporter with Indian Express. I started off that way. So uh, my eye has been trained to edit, you know, uh, edit beyond just dotting the I's and the T's, looking out for uh, syntax and all of that. So the first round of editing of my manuscripts, I do myself. Then fortunately, my husband, who is who's also been uh, in the advertising field, he has an extremely, extremely sharp eye for uh, picking out anything. Mm. So, so far, all my manuscripts, he does 
one round of editing mm. and it is only after that do i send it to lalita mm. and lalita when she she reads it through once and once she pitches it to the uh, to the publisher every publisher has their in-house editorial team they also go through it and when they send me their edited version once again my husband and i we edit we review it completely yes. we take the time to redo, review mm. it completely and that's when we say okay this is now sealed mm. you know it's it's edited and it is absolutely ready for print mm. Mm. so that is the process that we follow i want to know about the content editing uh, did your manuscript go through any stage of content editing that is one question the other is um uh did you really rewrite your first draft and if you did how many times you wrote this will be useful for the young people yeah sure uh content editing first of all to answer that yes my publishers have uh, they've been working with uh, several editors and i was very fortunate to have an editor work on prisoners of secrets in such a manner that we have built a very good bond now that editor and i and uh, we had a beautiful discussion over the content you know mm. some of the things that he wanted he wanted me to relook mm. and which i did which i did i took his feedback i did that and there were some portions which i stood by and i wanted to tell him why i wanted that mm -hmm. to be retained mm -hmm. and there was a lot of going back and forth and uh, believe me i enjoyed every bit of that discussion because it, it was enriching yes yes it was enriching there was enough learning yes. and uh, and there was also the feel that there is a third person who is investing valuable time mm. yes, so their input is extremely extremely important all mm. said and done i would say that collaboratively the editor and i worked and uh, i realized that there was not too much change to be made in you know, prisoners of secrets was there any change in the sequence of chapter uh, uh, this uh, should come before that did they, did he he or she said that say that you should do that kind of a thing and did you do it did you feel happy about it in the end result uh i it, nothing like that has happened with prisoners of secrets okay. nothing has nothing has happened so far but okay. yes with incognito the earlier book uh, what i did was i think 2 years ago Mm -hmm. i just was looking i was reviewing the story of incognito and i hit upon another ending to it mm. you know 6 years after it was published and i have rewritten the ending of that book right now of mm. course i have not sent it to the publisher for a reprint i am mm -hmm. still reviewing that mm -hmm. but the people that i have uh, you know shown it to for vetting it they said this is a wonderful uh, way to end it i mean it's a second uh, option that you have which that's is very, very nice that's very well nice done that yeah. yeah that's really good so okay. danya uh, please like mm. like you told us you have had a active uh, journalism background um, how has that helped because uh, you know you must have contacts in the industry and you know usually in newspapers or like there are places where you people write reviews of books mm -hmm. has your old contact have they helped you in this process like in promotion of your book or writing reviews for your book how else has that uh, you know your contacts or your journey like your uh, experience as a journalist aided you in writing and publishing the book yeah unfortunately not one bit because it's over 23 years since i quit the profession 
you know, uh, journalism. I've come out of the media. So barely anyone from my times is uh, there right now, currently holding a position anywhere in the, in the newspaper field. So absolutely nothing. I mean, I had to start from scratch to, you know, build my social media profile and to, you know, do that. So absolutely no, nothing. So except for your eye for uh, mistakes, I think yeah, ex- only- yeah. yeah. I, I think except for the love for the language and uh, you know uh, uh, the ability to articulate, so both in writing as well as speaking is something that journalism gave me. You said uh, you have uh, the eye for uh, the mistakes or errors. Well, um, we all have, in, and because I do my own editing also, but there is a hindrance there. Danya knows it. When I'm creating, when I'm writing, the editor always disturbs me. Have you had the, such an experience? <laughs> yes, I do. Because, you know, uh, although I tell myself this is only a first draft, let me not get stuck with perfecting the sentences right now. Let me get through to the end my target, you know. Uh, it's just not going to work that way because the editor see till you have made this a perfect sentence so i see myself doing that quite a bit but i guess because of my practice of writing every day Mm. uh it's really not dampening my speed now fortunately i'm able to work work, yeah i'm able to work in tandem with the editor in me and as i go and it's it's almost like online correction happening all the Mm. time Mm-hmm. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. It's not. It's not a. It's not an interruption as such. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you most of. I mean, both your books, and I'm sure even your next book, they're going to talk about human emotions and you know, human relationships, like you said. Um, though, though you know you have uh, your own life experiences, you're going to learn from the experience of others, or you're going to see them, you know, going through certain things and then write it. We not. I. I. I very uh, honestly believe that if you do not at least feel it through empathy, you cannot write it. If you don't have like that little bit of understanding or feeling, if you don't get, you don't write it. But these feelings are very subjective. They're very much uh, subjective to the person. I, mean, I might look at the same thing and think something different, and you might look at the same thing and think perceive something entirely True. different so where do you draw that line like you know like where do you draw that line of uh, this is more generic and this is more you know uh, you have to get a little more deeper into the emotion yeah very very uh, uh, it's a very sensitive uh, thing to talk about you know because as you rightly said these are perceptions and perceptions vary from person to person like i always say you know uh, in the morning, I come as one person to my writing desk. By the time I return, I go back as several other people. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. you have you have lived in the characters of so I many know. people that you are writing about. Now, the beauty of writing a novel or a story is that you have varied characters, and usually they are perceiving a similar situation, but mm-hmm. in different ways. Angles, yeah. Yeah, so the different angles and the line that you are asking me where I draw the line, I think my characters do it for me mm. because different characters are viewing it differently. And I ensure I uh, when I'm etching my characters, that's one of the things I do much prior to beginning the writing process. I give each character a shade. I mean, what what kind of a tonality is this character going to take? 
so what language will this person use what kind of uh, a perception will this character take so uh, what are the colors that influence this uh, this person when they perceive the situation so i have that demarcated very sharply right at the etching of the character stage you know so yeah of course i'm not saying that this is a rule written on stone i mean i can change the, the characters can change their perceptions like like all human beings do in, during the course of their lifetime but but i think that's where the story is you know mm-hmm. that that's what gives depth to any story when mm-hmm. when people suddenly change their perception it becomes a story mm-hmm. yes that's where everything comes together yes i was going to ask about i think i to asked you before uh, let me repeat again um so how many uh, did you rewrite your uh, novel the second one and was it the first draft and you went on to the uh, editing part uh, or, or or was that uh, content editing considered rewriting so how was it and uh, we'll go to the rejections later how did you take rejections of book proposals as well as submissions to magazines you know uh so that's important part of our uh, publishing journey um this elvoel uh, you know is uh, trying to help aspirant uh, authors uh the rejections are the the, the important uh, you know um part of growing up i think please sure sure that's right so i'll talk about the rejections first and then i will come back to the rewriting aspect uh rejections for me uh, fortunately for, from the second book onwards i haven't been directly receiving rejections because i work via uh, an agent now so uh, this question is best answered by lalita i think you know <laughs> so, uh, yeah, nice that's very so nice that's that's the big Proxy. shield that uh, an agent puts between the author and the publisher that's i think this a uh, very big advantage of working with a literary agent but you so get up- the, updates i suppose you get updates yeah, yeah, I mean, okay the thing is lalita works in a way in which she will only revert if there is positive answer okay okay mm. uh, or mm. even the flicker of a hope that's when mm. she will come back mm. and uh, she just absorbs the rejections herself so which is so beautiful yeah it is so absolutely absolutely So coming back to the rewriting part uh for me the first draft is never complete without several several rewrites okay you know and my rewriting is just not to improve language or to restructure sometimes the rewriting involves a total change in the in the direction of the story mm. you know maybe uh, maybe removing a character which until today i thought is going to be the central character Mm. so it is almost like every rewrite could be like a new beginning to my writing but why do i do everyone that? is new yeah. novel that way you should yeah, keep yeah. every one of them safely oh i do okay. oh i do see that's <laughs> another thing i want to tell uh, anybody who is aspiring to be a writer is no writing is a waste mm. you know the write a paragraph that you wrote for a particular book and you didn't use could find its way into another novel you never know and it's it's your creation why why discard it you know you you can you can use it so reuse recycle everything works here as well <laughs> you know yeah that i thought of asking you you said uh, in your first uh, i mean after 7 years of um, seven years after your first book you wrote rewrote the ending of the novel and you got people to read and you, uh, they found it interesting the idea by itself 
sounded so interesting to me and uh, to think there's going to be another print of with that ending is also something very nice for the book and did you think of uh, writing more than one ending to your second novel uh, did you do it and uh, did anyone advise you on that and did your literary agent also uh, go through the endings did anything like that happen because this is a this is something people will find it interesting uh, i think something different yeah yes uh, this is something that as a writer i'm always grappling with you know uh, where do i want to see my story end uh, so i there are always several options Yeah. that are grappling for space in my mind for this you know and each one is shouting out its merits and saying no take me because i think this uh, i am a better ending and some some other point is saying no leave it open ended so the reader can interpret the way they want so that is something that i'm always dissatisfied with even long after my manuscript has gone to my agent i'm always thinking should i have changed this should i have changed that so it is never a 100% satisfied uh, dispatch never never you know there's always that feeling should i recall so before i actually send anything there's always as i mentioned earlier there's a round of editing that goes on both in house in my in my house then at the <laughs> editors and all of that yes uh, do you think of your readers what their expectations will be do you want to go with that kind of a thing or you want to go against that to create something some new experience in the reader to i mean expecting something and getting something uh, totally different do you think of all that yeah. while writing the ending of your novel <clears throat> right uh, see the thing is so, uh, visualizing the reader or keeping the reader in mind is it's it's very easy to say that uh, personally speaking because most readers are faceless readers i mean you don't know them you know they are spread across the world but yes there are a few whom you know and you can put a face to it they've always been your well wishers and they always have been asking you when's your next book coming mm-hmm. so there are some readers you know who mm-hmm. come to your mind mm-hmm. uh, but i think as a writer it would be very dangerous if i restrict my writing cause injustice to the many faceless readers who are there you know who mm. are who are mm. also uh, uh, intelligent readers so i write because i have a story to tell okay, okay? so uh, i i write and i write with the hope that just as i could see a lot of truth in the story that i'm telling i just hope that the readers out there will also find similar truths you know and mm. the other thing i squarely believe in is that i think readers are very intelligent yes. they know which book is good and which is not you know you don't have to stand on the rooftop and scream out uh, readers are intelligent enough to pick a book and give yeah. it the journey it deserves yes yeah. true time. true very true uh, how do you think social media has uh, helped you uh, promote your book or get uh, more readers more reviews um tell us about that please um yes uh the social media to be very frank with you uh i was not a very big social media fan you know uh, before my second book see during the time of the first book i did a little bit of it but there was a lot of physical meeting physical reading sessions that were happening and i could be with my readers face to face and we could have you know very enriching interactions 
when prisoners of secrets came out in 2020 we were in the midst of a lockdown because yeah, of corona yes yes and uh, there was no way i could have any physical launches or any physical interaction everything was uh, online yeah. and turn to social media to garner enough uh, support for my book and to to you know to spread the awareness that okay i have a book and this book talks about this so i was pretty naive in using having a son who is in savvy with all of this really mm. helped oh, he helped good. me understand this technology and i'm and i think i'm just getting better at it mm. yes mm. it is tedious for a person like me who is uh, primarily uh, an introvertish kind of a person for me to go there it's a task for me and uh, i i keep getting reprimanded by uh, people around me that i'm not enough on social media i should <laughs> be talking a lot more so yeah so i'm learning these are baby steps I but know. when i see my uh, my facebook page or my instagram handle i feel oh god it's too much it's too much that i'm doing but uh, people who are pros there they tell me this is nothing this way you not even reach uh anybody not even one fourth of what your target audience is supposed to be so you have to be out there mm-hmm. that is something i'm still struggling with i mean <laughs> i don't know i have to do it yes uh i wanted to know like mm-hmm. uh, every book we have many emotions which we are going to express in the book like you said there's going to be a relationship between a mother and a father there's going to be love there's going to be fight there's going to be every sort of emotion right which particular emotion that you very comfortable writing and which was tougher for you to depict uh your question has set me thinking actually because uh, having worked in the field of uh, emotional management and emotional expression i believe that uh, the labels that we give emotions you know like this is anger and this is happiness and this is sadness is also very very uh, subjective yeah you know yes. so yes. yeah so what i would consider a situation worthy of anger somebody may look at that situation and say oh i'm only upset i'm not angry i'm upset so it minimizes the intensity of the emotion immediately you see so uh that way looking at it in that broader perspective i'm pretty comfortable writing on all kinds of emotions because i think i'm emotionally a little high strung myself mm-hmm. i mean i can Uh, i i get into the uh, i i get i i go beneath the surface if i may say so you know of of people i meet of situations that i am put into it comes far easier to me to be able to gauge that you know and um, sometimes that lands me in problems as well let me tell you because i i begin to overreact and overthink on situations uh, but it helps in the writing process so it's yes. good so you yeah, let your so, writer uh, your characters emote you let your yes, characters yes absolutely they are absolutely free to emote anything yes. that they want yeah <laughs> so i think it's time for us to go to the next segment which is called world of w world of w is nothing but a set of w questions like what when okay. where it's like if uh, if an, if a listener is not able to go through the entire session they can just uh-huh. call down here get a gist of what we have spoken through this and little bit about you so okay. the first question would be uh, who do you think are your target audience for all your books in entirety anybody who is uh, emoting breathing living in a relationship <laughs> very nice yeah 
Love it. Living in a relationship, or I mean, is it any kind of relationship? Yeah, of course. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Mm, nice. So, when is your next book due? You said in December, right? What is it about? December. Mm? Oh, this is about a lone woman's journey back to the homeland that she was. Uh, uh, she was rendered homeless okay. during the partition. Okay. And after several oh. years. she's been struggling to go back home and after several years she manages to go back home but uh, what happens during that time of waiting is what the story is and the, the next question is uh, where can our uh, listeners find your work do you have like a website uh, where they can go find all your books or are they available on amazon and flipkart where can i yes. so my books are available the titles are available on amazon they can find me on goodreads Uh, I have a website, but again, due to sheer lethargy, I've not updated my website. It's in my name itself, lathagwalani. dot com. But I, uh, but work on that will soon begin, and it will be a revamped uh, website. I have a blog. It's called Careless Bites. It's on um, uh, WordPress. Careless Bites, spelled with a Y, B Y T E S. Oh, Careless Bites. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's on WordPress. and uh, if you google me you'll find a lot of links to my articles i've been a contributor to this digital content portal called array i've mm. been writing for them literally on a monthly basis so all my articles are there you can see my articles on the hindu mm. uh, so i've been writing for the hindu as well so yeah you can are you in medium are you in medium uh, i had started writing a couple of articles in medium but honestly speaking you know uh, writing a full fledged novel leaves me with very less time to write articles you know which Definitely. i used to do I a couple it. of years ago i know ago. what it is less, less time yeah. and emotions also it's already true, been trained for the novel no exactly yes. exactly one year thing goes on in one novel i true. know how it is yeah, yeah. anyways uh, coming to the next book why you usually emotional fiction why uh see when you're telling a story about people i think you can't sever relation uh, emotions from humans or even uh, animals for that matter so the minute uh, since relationship is my canvas for writing that's my that's a huge canvas uh i think you just can't take away emotions from this whole canvas okay. you know yeah it's it, it's the it's the lifeline of relationships i think emotions you know so uh, that's uh, that's how it is yeah mm-hmm. so that's why it's if i'm talking about a man there's going to be emotions if i'm talking about a woman there's going to be emotions if i talk about a woman's attachment to her uh, desk uh, there's going to be emotions you know even though the desk <laughs> is an in- inanimate object Yeah. So everywhere there are emotions. You can't do without it. So uh, you know, emotions. The word emotions comes from the Latin word "motere," which means uh, to give momentum. Mm. So I think uh, emotions give us the fuel. You know, mm. the momentum to fuel our thinking. Without mm. emotions, the thoughts would simply remain thoughts. That's about it. But what converts a thought into an action? Action is is the fuel of the emotion. You know, so, so that sums it up. Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. So without emotions, uh, there's no you, there's no me, there's nobody without emotions. Yeah. And uh, how long did it take for you to finish, like this, write this uh, third book? Uh, it took me close to a year, about ten months, I would say, ten months of writing. Yeah. 
So I'm currently on the other one also. The fourth one is 50% done already. So I have a target. I have an annual target. One book a year is my target. So I think uh, I think this is this is a wrap on the session, and we would like to know what you felt about the session, and uh, do you have any parting words for our listeners who are aspiring authors? Yeah, sure. So what I felt about the session is first of all congratulations to the both of you on such a wonderful initiative. You know, because uh, as writers we write. but then when you make us talk about our writing i mean uh, at least for me i can say that it was such an exhilarating journey because it it uh, is it, it's like i'm also recollecting a lot of things as i'm talking to you answering your very well founded questions it makes me think it makes me relive my journey and i i think that is extremely extremely wonderful i feel so so happy to be on this platform i, I think both of you are doing a wonderful job because uh, as as writers yourselves i think this whole concept of author supporting author it, it's it's a great fraternity i mean it's beautiful and uh, so keep it up and i hope to be there some day uh, talking about your books thank you as well great. yes lovely yeah. so i'm really looking you forward to that uh, one of our guests thanks be for being with um, lol and your <laughs> and your parting words for the audience like for yeah. the aspiring so all those aspiring authors i mean uh, it may look glamorous when you when your book is published and it's all <laughs> fine but please don't forget the hard work and the hard work is show up every day at your desk without fail okay let the world stop for you for those few hours but unless you put a word down on paper it's not going to convert into a novel at all so you have to do the grind yeah <laughs> yeah yeah thank you indeed thank indeed thank you so much thank you so much and uh, my pleasure uh, uh, many of your answers were uh, also setting me to think and some of the answers resonated with what i think and uh, some uh, some answers of yours were so different from what we usually have you know so yeah. in the in the in the podcast and it was lovely having you lata uh, let's keep in touch let's keep sure, in touch absolutely my pleasure yes. ladies yes. thank you so much yes. thank you bye bye we hope this episode brought you a little bit closer to your love of literature thank you see you next time bye